Good morning, everyone. I am so glad to be here with you today. My name is Sarah, and I'm one of the pastors at the Vine Church. Normally, I'm here with Micah, my husband. We we co-pastor, and we often co-preach. We have been co-preaching for the, the last year and a half together, and uh, today is just me, and we are trying some new uh, preaching rhythms where we'll still co-preach quite a bit together but we'll also preach separately and we're hoping to invite some new voices as well into our speaking team. So thank you for being here with me today and thank you for inviting me into your home. You know, this last week has been an amazing week for me. It's just been incredible. I had the opportunity to participate in a program called the Academy of Spiritual Formation. It's a program put on by Soul Formation, and they work with uh, leaders, helping leaders grow deeper in their spiritual journey so that they can lead out of a place of abundance. And I started this program a couple years ago, and this last week I had my last retreat. And so I got to go to Mount Angel Abbey, south of Portland, and spend four days there. And it was just amazing being together in community with other pastors and other leaders, spent a lot of time listening to people who, who've gone before me, who have much more experience and, and knowledge than I, and I got a chance to learn from them. We spent a lot of time talking and hearing stories, a lot of time praying together, and also a lot of time in solitude, in solitude and silence. And that for me was just such a rich, rich experience. I also, my favorite part, I got to be with my soul friends. And if you don't know that, that's okay. That's a kind of new language for many of us. But this uh, Academy of Spiritual Formation has group spiritual direction. These little groups where three people come together and they help each other listen to what's going on inside of them and listen to the voice of God. And it's this beautiful, beautiful process. And so I've been doing this group spiritual direction with two other just amazing ladies. And it, that was such a rich beautiful time for me to be able to spend time with them. So I come today excited to be here, so excited to be here. We've been talking about the way of Jesus and looking at how the teaching of Jesus and how the life of Jesus converge. And so today we're going to talk about prayer. It seemed like a very fitting thing to talk about after a week spent at a retreat. Um, so today we're going to talk about prayer. I wonder what do you think of when I say the word prayer? For many of us, maybe it's a posture that you think of, the, the idea of folding our hands or closing, um, closing our eyes or bowing our head. We think of a posture. Maybe you think of speaking to God or conversing with God. Maybe you think of giving thanks before a meal or, or asking God for help or someone sick, asking for healing. Um, and these are all really good examples of prayer that are, are just so important in our lives. Today, as we talk about prayer, I hope to expand our view of prayer a little bit, because sometimes that's all we think of when we think of prayer. And so... We're going to be talking about prayer, and often prayer is defined as conversation with God. So speaking to and hearing from God. And yes, 
That is prayer and so important to converse with God. And also prayer is much more. I love David Benner's description of prayer in his book, Opening to God. He describes prayer as this opening ourselves up to God, giving God permission to work in us and work through us. And, and I find that I resonate with that description because so often there are places of our hearts and our minds or our lives that we kind of keep closed off to God. So, so, so Benner describes prayer as this opening to God. And part of prayer is also just simply being with God. Just, just sitting and being with God, communing with God. And that's part of a relationship is, is being present to each other. And so part of prayer is being present to God. And then another beautiful piece that, that David Benner talks about is being seen by God and seeing God. Another way to put that would be to love God and also to allow oneself to be loved by God. It's all about relationship. So, so as we talk about the way of Jesus, I want to briefly look, quickly look, um, at prayer in the life of Jesus. And prayer was central to the life of Jesus. Jesus' ministry lasted three years, and we have a record of that ministry recorded in the four different gospels, Mark, Luke, and John. And so I want to just quickly list some of the places, not an exhaustive list, but some of the places that we we see and hear of Jesus praying. At the very beginning of his ministry in Luke 3, at his baptism, when Jesus was baptized and then he stood there praying, that's when the Holy Spirit came down on Jesus. Jesus spent the night praying before choosing the disciples in Luke 6. He spent the whole night praying to God before this big decision, and then he went and he chose his 12 disciples. In Matthew 14, we read of Jesus praying again all night or, or on the mountainside, uh, but praying out of grief because his his friend and, and relative had just been killed and he was he was tired and worn out and in grief. And he spends time praying by himself on the mountainside. We see multiple times, including in Mark 6, Jesus praying before a meal, before the miraculous meal where he takes five loaves and two fish and he prays over them and divides them amongst a ginormous crowd. Jesus prayed alone. And he also prayed in community. In Luke 9, Jesus takes Peter, John, and James with him up to the mountain to pray. And that's where the transfiguration happens. In John 11, Jesus prays before the crowd, before raising Lazarus from the dead. In Mark 14, we read of Jesus praying through songs. Uh, through hymns, they went to the, him and his disciples went to the Mount Olives to sing hymns. He, Jesus also prays for his believers, uh, the believers. He prays for the disciples. He prays in John 14 that they re would receive the Holy Spirit. And he prays in John 17 for all believers that they would be one. In Luke 22, we see Jesus praying in anguish. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he prays because he's in anguish. And then on the cross, 
Jesus cries out to God the Father three different times while he's on the cross. Now, Jesus prayed all the time, and his disciples saw Jesus praying. Those who were with him, who walked with him, saw him regularly taking time away to pray or praying with them or praying with and in front of the crowd. And so I want to read for us uh, a story, a brief story from Luke 11. And this, and we'll, we'll hear and hear uh, a shortened version of the Lord's Prayer. Matthew also records um, Jesus's prayer that he that he gives the disciples as an example of prayer, and that prayer is a little bit longer. So just as we go in go into this, no, this is the version from Luke, and so Luke has just shortened it just a, a little bit. So starting in uh, Luke chapter eleven, verse one. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him. Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And then there's a brief little, Jesus gives a brief little parable about being persistent in prayer. And then in verse nine, he says this. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You know, I love the way this passage begins. The disciples who are around Jesus, traveling with Jesus, listening to Jesus, they see him praying all the time. And so they come to him one day as he was praying. They come to him after he's finished and they ask him, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And I wonder what it was that motivated them to ask Jesus to teach them to pray. I wonder if it was this longing as they watched Jesus praying and, and connecting powerfully to God the Father and God the Spirit. I wonder if they saw that and something stirred in them and they had this longing for that relationship, that connection, and they asked Jesus, teach us to pray. And then Jesus teaches them a very simple prayer. And this isn't meant to be formulaic, um, and yet it's a beautiful prayer. Jesus says, come to God, come to God. And he has these words, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. First, he begins with orienting um, an orientation to God, like come to God as your father and, and, and think about his kingdom. So it's an orientation to God, the father and God's kingdom. And then from there, 
He goes on, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins as we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. So from this place of orientation to God and his kingdom, then ask for provisions and ask for forgiveness and ask for guidance. And I love that. Seek God and his kingdom, align yourself to the Father, and then ask for what? you need. And then skipping down to verse nine. I love, I love these two verses. Jesus says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be opened. This isn't a promise that whatever we ask for then automatically we're going to get it. (laughs) It's not like that. Yet this is a powerful, powerful promise. Jesus here promises that God wants to be found. That if you open yourself up to God, if you come to God and seek God, God wants to be found. God wants to be experienced. God wants a relationship with us. And so one of the ways that God calls us to him is through prayer. This is one of the ways that we experience God, one of the ways that we find God. So maybe, I don't know who's who's watching and where you're at in your journey, where you're at in your season of life, but maybe there are people here who are in a really sweet season of connecting with God in prayer. And in your prayer time, you hear from God, you experience God, and, and you're, you're communing, you're connected to God in prayer. And I love that. I am, I'm, I love that. Continue. Continue seeking him. And yet maybe there are also people watching or listening that this, this concept of prayer seems a bit foreign. You haven't really experienced this kind of connecting with God in prayer. And if that's you, that's okay. That's okay. Just, just keep, stay with me here. And then maybe you find yourself in another group. Maybe you've, you've experienced connecting with God in prayer and yet you feel like now your prayers have just gone dry. For whatever reason, it just feels dry in this season. You know, I grew up knowing Jesus. I grew up in a Christian family and I was taught at an early age um, about God and God's love for me. And I grew up loving Jesus and, and wanting to serve Jesus. I was taught that one of the ways I did that was to pray and to read my Bible. And I did that. I loved it. I had all my little journals, which I still have actually in the tub. <laughs> I've kept them all, all my little journals that I would write in, that I would pray in. It was just a really good time for for many years though of course up and down always that's that's life but for many years um the ways in which i was studying and praying and spending time with god were really working for me were drawing me closer to god and yet a few years ago i came to a point in my life 
in which all the ways that I was used to connecting with God in prayer and in study, they seem to just stop working somehow. And, and I still believed in God. I was still wholeheartedly committed to God. And yet it seemed like my prayers had just gone kind of dry. And, and it was, let me tell you, it was a very disorienting place to be in as someone who committed their lives to God and who was, was working so hard, trying so hard to know God and to connect with God for, for your prayer life to kind of seem dry it was very disorienting for me. And, and I've learned, um, you know, I, when I look back, I see that most of my life, my prayer time and my study time was very structured. And, and when, and that helped me a ton. I mean, that helped me learn, um, knowledge and, and, and that helped me grow in my connection to God. Like that was really good. And if you, that's the place that you're in, that's awesome. Keep at it. Keep at it. It, it is a beautiful place to be in. I, however, I reached a time in my life when I felt empty. And I was just longing for more and the ways I had connected to God just weren't, um, working for me anymore. And at first I assumed that I was doing something wrong, that I somehow was messing things up or I wasn't doing something right. I've, I've learned to understand that season differently. Now, I've come to understand that often when we have these seasons of, of dryness or these seasons of longing for more, longing for deeper connections, there, it's not that we're doing something wrong, usually. It's not that we're doing something wrong. Rather, it's that we are invited to go deeper with God that we are invited to go deeper with God, to open ourselves up more to God, maybe in new and different ways, to surrender ourselves more to God, to allow God, to give God permission to work in us. And as he works in us, he also works through us and to lead us to places previously unknown, places um of love and connection that maybe we hadn't known before. Maybe these are places of that, that take great courage and bravery that we hadn't known before. But God, seasons of dryness, I believe, are an invitation to go deeper and deeper with God. So as I was traveling this week, I had a long drive there and a long drive back. It was about four hours. And so I was listening to podcasts at some point. And I was listening to a, a podcast, a sermon on prayer. And um, in this podcast, the person speaking uh, told the story of Beethoven's life. And many of us know of Beethoven. He was a German composer. He was very famous. I mean, from the beginning, from as, as a little child, he was incredibly talented um, in, in playing music and composing music. What was interesting about Beethoven is in his early 20s, he started to go deaf. 
And then by his late 40s, he was completely deaf. In fact, there's stories of him touching the piano as he as he banged on the piano so that he could he feel the vibrations or as he was going deaf to using like an ear trumpet to, to better hear the instrument. And, and I had heard all that. That wasn't that wasn't new um, to me. But this was in that in that podcast, some of Beethoven's most innovative most creative, uh, most above, like before his time, music that he composed, he actually composed later in life when he was deaf. I was blown away by that, like the famous Symphony 5, dun, 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 dun. like he actually composed that when he couldn't hear. And as I was listening to this podcast, the speaker related this to prayer. And it just so resonated with me that sometimes in our loud and busy and hectic and fun, chaotic lives, there's so much going on and we're hearing so many voices that it's hard to hear the voice of God. And yet, when we practice quieting ourselves, when we practice being still, we spend time with God. It's like that fades away and then we're able to hear more clearly the voice of God. We're able to spend time and commune with the spirit. In Luke 5 verse 16 Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. In fact, in Mark 1, there's this fun little story where Jesus sneaks out of the house before it's light. It's still dark, early, early morning, and he goes to a solitary place to pray. And his disciples wake up and they're looking for him and they can't find him. And so finally they start searching outside to, and they find him. And they're like, where have you been? <laughs> um, this was common for Jesus. He often withdrew from the busyness. He often withdrew from his people-filled ministry, which was beautiful and awesome and what he was called to there. But he often withdrew in order to spend time in prayer, in order to commune with the Father and with the Spirit. And it's from this place of love and unity with God that Jesus then engaged in his ministry. And, and some would say that he did this as an example for us. And yes, absolutely. Um, we are to, we are to model our lives after Jesus. So yes, this is an example to us. But I believe there's another reason why Jesus often withdrew to pray. I think it's because Jesus, as a part of the Trinity, knew firsthand what it meant to be in community with God the Father and God the Spirit. And he wanted that. He wanted to be with God the Father and God the Spirit. So today, I would like to invite us to pray. And just like 
the disciples asked Jesus, Lord, teach us to pray. I want to invite us to ask the Lord, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to open ourselves up to God and give, give God permission to work in us and work through us. This idea of prayer as opening oneself and, and communing with God. And yes, that also involves words um, and it also involves silence and, and a whole bunch of other things. This idea of prayer is an act of surrender in which we relinquish control over our lives and we surrender it to God. And we can do this because God is a good God. God is a loving God. We trust in his goodness and his love. Even when we don't understand what's going on, even when things are hard, we know that God works for good in our lives. God works to grow us and to heal us, to transform us, to equip us, to strengthen us, to draw us closer in relationship both with him and with each other. And the Holy Spirit is right here with us. The Holy Spirit fills us and the Spirit is called our advocate, our comforter, our guide. And so prayer is one way that we submit, we yield ourselves to the goodness of God, to the love of God, to this journey of walking in step with the Spirit. This last week, as I was was praying, spending a lot of time in prayer um, at my retreat, I heard an invitation over and over from God. And, and when I say I heard, um, that means I felt this pulling, this nudging, um, and these words came to mind over and over where Jesus said, come and sit with me. Come and sit with me. When I heard from the Spirit, come and sit with me. Come enjoy my presence where God said, let's delight in each other and also come enjoy my my love for you my grace and mercy and also there's these some of these things in your inner self and in your some of these inner dynamics that I want to bring up to your I want to bring to your attention I want to make you more aware of these things and some of these things are things that I'm doing in you some of these things are places which you need to surrender to God some of these things are, are places where we can rejoice and celebrate together. But I heard this invitation so clearly for myself, come and sit with me, that I want to extend that invitation to you as well. As, as you look at this coming week, you are invited to intentionally set aside time and space to be with God in prayer this week. And for some, this may look like a large chunk of time. Maybe you have some time this week to dedicate, intentionally focus on being with God in prayer. For some, um, this might just be a few minutes 
of time each day, maybe five or 10 minutes. Um, and, and depending on the season of life and what we've got going on, I just, that our time frame may, may change. I just want to say it's okay. Whatever season you're in, whatever situation you're in, God meets us there. God meets us when we intentionally seek him and intentionally surrender to him. So I want to invite you to set aside time and space this week to intentionally meet with God. Now, I recognize that I've been talking a lot about why we would want to meet with God and our invitation to meet with God and less so about how to do that. And, and that's conversation for another time. But just know that God will meet you there. And there's so many different ways that you can pray. It can be silent and still. Uh, you can pray walking out in nature. You can pray through scripture by reading, you know, something like the Psalms or pray written prayers of, of other people. You can pray by listening to music and, and singing those words to God. There are many resources on, on prayer. And I would love to have further conversation with you. If this is something that you want to explore, explore further, there, there are many books and even apps on our phone that can help us. Spiritual practices like centering prayer, Lectio, the exam, and these different ways of praying that can help us find new rhythms to go deeper with God in prayer. So, well, if you have questions or if you're not sure where to start, please come and talk to me. Come and talk to someone um, about this. And I want to remind us that our walk is not a sprint. <laughs> our walk with the Lord is a marathon. And so God works powerfully in us as we show up regularly in prayer over a long period of time. And so if, if it's hard at first, I just want to encourage you to stick with it. Because God is still working. If we show up, God's already there. God shows up all the time. God's, God is here. And so we just need to be diligent in showing up for God. I want to, I want to look one last time at Jesus's audacious promise that we read in Luke chapter 11. In verse 10, Jesus says, for everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. I love that. I love that the Lord wants to be found. God is waiting for open arms. And he says, if you seek, you will find me. So that is our invitation this week to spend some time in prayer with the Lord. So in closing, I want to read a prayer. So this is one of one resource. This is a newer book, actually. It just came out this year. I don't know if you can see it in the recording or not. Um, but it's a collection of meditations for renewal. It's called The Rhythm, a Rhythm of Prayer. And it's um prayers written by many, many women. And uh the one I want to read in closing is written by Anuma. Okoro, hopefully I said that right. Enuma Okoro um, is a Nigerian American writer and she's an author and a speaker. And she wrote this prayer and it's entitled, A Prayer for When We've Lost Our Way Again. 
I love that title because you know we're going to lose our way again. <laughs> and this is a prayer to bring us back. So I invite you wherever you're at, however you're you're listening today to, to get comfortable, to take a deep breath. And as you listen to me reading this prayer, I invite you to open up to God and let this be your prayer as well. Merciful Lord, Sometimes it seems like we can't help but lose our way again and again. Our hearts long to follow you, but you know the way of the human heart. You know, in our, you know how in our misguided longings, we veer off our journeying to you and begin to chart our own ways by false stars and distorted visions. Forgive us. Forgive us for all the times we are tempted by the hints of light instead of remaining steered by the assurance of light. Forgive us when we forget that we are already claimed by you, loved by you, and purposed for you. Forgive us when we allow ourselves to shape and be shaped by voices and words that do not bring life, create life, nurture life, sustain life, or resurrect life. Merciful God, help us find our way again. Turn us back towards the road, spotted with your other pilgrims, wayfarers, and repentant servants. Remind us that your way is the way of returning. Guide us by your spirit and by your light. Make us remember the power of the spirit within us. Make us remember the gifts of our minds, our hearts, and our bodies that you have bestowed on us, that we would use them to honor the directives and the invitations you lay upon us. We know that our ways are not your ways, and we thank you for this. Help us trust your ways over our ways. Remind us of your faithfulness as you forgive us our short memory. And in your immeasurable love, grace, mercy, and wisdom, do not abandon us regardless of how often we lose our ways. Place your wounded hands upon our broken hearts and turn us toward you. Lord of light, Lord of life, Lord of resurrection. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today here. I hope you have a wonderful week.